As always, nothing you hear on the Stripped Pod should be a substitute for personalised professional medical advice. Please always consult your clinician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, dosages or healthcare plan. Hello and welcome to The Stripped Pod, your weekly diabetes fix where we strip back the stigma for real, honest conversations about life beyond the numbers. I'm Ash, a passionate diabetes advocate and founder of Strip Supply. And I'm Braden, the co-host with Outer Working Pancreas. Coming up on today's pod is the first episode in our Back to School series where Ooh. we dive into how to build a diabetes school plan with your medical and school teams. Mm. But first, Braden, how was your week? Yeah, good. Stay in school, kids. Kids go back to school. How exciting is that for all the parents out there? Mm -hmm. I bet they're all absolutely pumped. Um, God, school holidays are so long, hey? I know. But I love there not being any traffic on the roads. I know. Coming from someone who doesn't have any children in their life. Yeah, two people with no children. (laughs) Yep, that's the downside. Lack of traffic is absolutely prime. But God, school holidays are so long. I wish we had holidays as long as that as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Where where are the adult holidays? Where are the work holidays? Yeah. What do we get? Four weeks. Uh, I think they pay us sometimes. Well, I mean, we we get four weeks. You run your own business, so you get... Well, I did get one week last year. One week, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, there you go. It's all doom and gloom, kids. Stay in school while you can. Um, How's my week? My week, I mean, how's the weather at the moment? It is hot, hot, and hot. Disgusting. It has not stopped raining, um, and the humidity levels, I think, are through the roof. eh? Mm, It's it's just felt like 40 degrees every day in the past week in Brisbane. How about Saturday? It was like... I checked it at one point, 38 feels like 44 or something. I was like, I put down, I went through the Macca's drive through to get a coffee because I was like, there's no way I'm leaving my car to get a coffee. And was I, it an iced coffee? Absolutely oh, it was. God. <laughs> and I put my window down and it, there was this wall of heat that just like came into yeah. my car. It was disgusting. It's like walking through soup. Yes. <laughs> you have to like swim through the air. It's yeah. just ridiculous at the moment. Yeah. So I'm getting sick of that. Yeah, um, weather chat. <laughs> yeah, we love weather. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm just not sleeping well. It's just a whole thing. The weather, mm. if you can just sort your stuff Self, out, yep. Yep, that would be really good. Um, but I have still managed to find a lot of time to run. So I've run every day since we recorded last week, believe it or not. Well done. Every day. So um, through the through the rain, through the sweat, um, through, so the through, the, through the blood, sweat, tears and beers. Um, so as of today, the 30th of January... We are recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I have run a hundred and thirteen kilometers so far this month. Holy moly! And I will be doing another run tomorrow, so probably another seven k's. So, look, cracking into that thousand k's for the year—that's mm, for sure. Getting the ten percent through. Yeah, you could probably take a break. Actually, you're ahead of schedule. I could, but mm. I probably won't. Yeah, up to you. Because then I'll probably lose it. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I might get ahead now, and then we'll see how we go in winter. That's winter a good might idea. be a different story. Yeah, true. So we'll get we'll get ahead of the curb. Now you'll be proud of me for this one. Mm-hmm. I have actually been reading. No, you haven't. I have a book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading a real book. Well done. Well, the continuing same one? to read. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. We're, yep. we're here for it. Consistency. So it's good. Got through another four chapters of it since this time last week. Amazing. Are you so still I'm liking fine. it? Yeah, I'm still loving it. It's I, just, I just got to pick it up, you know? Mm, yep. So I've been finding some time, which has been really nice. I took it down to the beach the other day, mm-hmm. just spent some time reading on the beach, laying in the shade, not getting sunburnt, of course. Good, good. Um, probably because I was already sunburnt from spending too much time in the sun already <laughs> that day. Um, but what a better spot to read than on the beach in the shade? 
Honestly, it's Am my right? favorite thing to do. Yeah. 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 That was unreal. I just felt so relaxed. It actually put me to sleep. Okay, I actually so fell asleep on the beach. <laughs> to you in your reading goals, but I mean, I had been for a run that morning before reading. Yeah. So that's probably what put me to sleep. And you haven't been sleeping, so you're sleep deprived. Yeah. 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 So I was I was hot and bothered, and then got stuck into a bit of reading and just dozed off on the beach. What a great day! It actually was. It was really nice. Um, so that was yeah, that was last Thursday. Shout out taking a day off work. Mm-hmm. Extra extra long weekend for me. That was great. Oof. Um, actually one thing I do want to touch on about spending days at the beach and I'm sure our listeners will definitely be able to relate to this, but I always find that my blood sugar level always goes a little bit higher when I'm at the beach, obviously because you're disconnected for so much longer, right? Mm. Like if I'm laying on the beach and, you know, getting up, going for a swim, coming back, laying on the beach for a bit longer, I don't normally tend to connect as much as I would obviously normally, Mm. um, so beach days for me are always one of those ones where I just sort of correct as I go, but sort of just ride it a little bit longer. And obviously like I'll grab a acai bowl or lunch might be a burger and chips, you know, like something that's really carb friendly, mm-hmm. <laughs> not. Or carb happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the beach days are normally days where I sort of just ride that wave a little bit more. And I'm sure people out there who listen are probably in the same boat as me, but I'd love to hear if anyone, you know, has any hot tips for beach hacks, mm, particularly, diabetics. Particularly because it's peak beach weather. Well, if it ever stops raining, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had a hottest 100 party on Saturday, which was a lot of fun, except for how hot it was. Mm. Like literally the hottest 100. It was like the hottest 100 days of the year. Yeah, I think they did that Denver. on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So that was ridiculous, but... Mm. Spent the day standing under a sprinkler, literally. <laughs> Very so, nice. Good times. But oh. that's enough about me. How was your week? <laughs> Pretty much the same. I think it should be illegal to have bad weather on a long weekend um, yeah. because I couldn't get to the beach because I didn't take a day off work yeah. when the weather was good Thursday and fine. was the day, hey? It was. It looked beautiful down yeah. there. Um, just turned. Mm, but that's okay. I've just been working hard, trying to set myself up for the year. Good. Um, been trying to tick off. You know, last week we talked about um, – booking in all of your annual doctor's appointments. Mm, I take my own advice. I practice what I preach. I went to my six monthly annual uh, skin check last week, got the all clear. Um, So I personally go, yeah, I personally go every six months because I'm so high risk. Mm. (laughs) Like, look at me. (laughs) Um, Why do you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I mean, I I hear, you know, so many of my friends go annually, which is awesome, but there is no harm in getting your skin check twice a year if you are high risk and you spend lots of time in the sun Um, and lots of skin clinics bulk bills. So if your GP doesn't bulk bill, have a look into, you know, have a Google of skin clinics in your area that might bulk bill. Um, Definitely recommend that. Yeah, Especially in Queensland. Particularly since you just got sunburned on the weekend. You you need to book your skin check in. Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. I do need to book that one in. Mm. I'll keep you posted on that one. Appreciate it. Yeah. Actually, you know what did get sunburned? Literally just the middle of my back where you can't reach. Oh, that's so annoying. That one spot where Mm. you can't reach. Mm -hmm. That's always the spot that gets roasted. When you're at the beach by yourself, Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to go up to anyone and be like, hey, you want sunscreen on my back? I feel like we should normalize that. I feel like we should too. Sometimes. Okay. So when I was at Burley by myself in between Christmas and New Year, yeah. there was one time when it was really hot on the beach and I'd forgotten my umbrella. So I was sitting out in the sun and I actually went up to a family yeah. and I went up to the mum and I said, hey, do you mind putting sunscreen on my back? Did she do it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, was she surprised? 
What was her reaction? I think she was a little bit like, this uh, weirdo, can she way? stay away from my children? Um, <laughs> but no, no, she was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I always like target the mothers on the beach because I'm like, you'll get it. Can we can we normalize that? I think we should because I, I love solo beach trips. It. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm not, I'm not doing record it. next time. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but anyone out there who's listening, can you go to the beach or when you go to the beach next, can you please record yourself asking, <laughs> asking someone to put sunscreen on your back? Yep. I'm interested. I feel like you really, you really have to pick the person, though. You really do. Yeah, yeah. And I have to be careful what I'm about to say. Uh, no, let's let's cut that whole part out. <laughs> um, but yes. Let's point see. of story. Yeah. Put, put, ask. You know, don't be afraid to ask strangers put sunscreen on your back no. if you go on the beach by yourself. Twenty twenty four. Solo beach trips, self care. Exactly. You got to do it. And twenty twenty four. Haven't we said that we're all about putting ourselves out of our comfort zone? True. Comfort zone. Who Get are comfortable you? Comfortable being uncomfortable. Ask a stranger to put sunscreen on your back. <laughs> Ask a responsible looking stranger. <laughs> I just don't know. In a public place, <laughs> to put sunscreen on your back. Okay. okay. All right. Let's see. Moving Give on. Give us what you got, people. <laughs> I, I want to know. Moving on from that <laughs> very <laughs> left field topic. Um, I also have been reading lots, as per usual. Um, yep. It was my book pick at book club on the weekend. Yeah. And my book pick was not well received. Oh, really? Yeah. So what was we, it? Twilight? So, calm down. <laughs> do, you, do you have such, such little respect for me? <laughs> no. Um, this month, uh, my book club, we read Magnolia Parks, the first book in the Magnolia Parks universe, um, which is written by Jessa Hastings, which is an Australian author. Mm. Very cool. She's also neurodivergent, which is awesome. And it's... Uh, about gangsters and socialites in London, and it's kind of gossip girly, mm. kind of lowbrow, but great writing. Right. And why uh, wasn't it received well? I think because it was so lowbrow. Oh, um, right. It's kind of- Too lowbrow. Like, I don't want to say it doesn't have any substance, but like, it doesn't- <sighs> It's all about like rich people in London and all of their first world problems. Yeah, right. And I think our book club very much reads like fantasy and like yep. topics, you know, books that kind of ma- might tackle topics. Yeah. Yep. Um, Not- and I was like, hey, let's read. Lowbrow Londoners. Yeah. Shout out to our London listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for providing great content through book. But I enjoyed Magnolia Parks, but that's okay. We can't all. Well, that's all right. Yeah. If you enjoyed it, that's what matters. Yeah. Thank you. I think. Except for your book club. They didn't yeah. think that. But anyway. Yeah. Next let's month. move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's chat about some news. Yeah. Diabetes news from this week. Yeah. So Cue the, cue the news music yeah. that we don't have. Diabetes. We're getting weird in 2024. Honestly, I'm not quite sure where our brains are at tonight. It is 10 past six on a Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. But my news article is a topic that I personally am really interested in. So we've all seen the rise in flash glucose monitors being used by a non-diabetic population, or at least I certainly have. Yeah, you have. I didn't. Well, I've been getting I've been getting ads for years that I should be using a CGM to quote better understand how food affects my body. Right. My personal opinion is that companies where education is not you know, super clear and available. It can be um, maybe- Misleading. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but New Scientist came up with an article this week that mm. finally answers the question, should you worry about your blood sugar if you don't have diabetes? Should you? Well, that was the question they answered. Yeah. I was disappointed that they didn't actually reply with yes or no. Of but course. It, <laughs> the way it's scientists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was a, a really good article that touched on a whole bunch of different topics. Um 
it kind of debated the need for people to wear a CGM who either don't have diabetes or who are not at risk of pre-diabetes. Um, I'll link this uh, the article in the show notes because mm. it was really interesting and it was science-backed, which I prefer. Um but too long didn't read. It's ultimately not a great use of an otherwise healthy person's time to be yep. wearing a CGM yep. and to place so much importance on one health metric. Yep. So as always, it's better to have a more well-rounded picture of your health. Yeah. And you know what else this does? And this is what we've been talking about in the last few episodes, but is simplifying life. Yes. Right? This does the exact opposite. This creates yep. concern for people where there should not be concern. Mm. Creates worry. That yeah. is not necessary. 100%. And, right. you know, back to basics of health is things like just making sure you're getting five serves of veg, two serves yep. of fruit, yep. try and eat as uh, little processed food as possible, try and eat mm. from the ground. Mm. Um, I, yep. I agree. I think this this overcomplicates things. Yeah. And that's not what we're about in 2024. Absolutely not. What's your news article this week? Yeah, I've got one. Um, and because living with diabetes is obviously all about muscling through challenges. <laughs> oh, yeah, like on. that. Yep. Here's another one to watch out for. Muscle loss. So recent research has found a strong link between diabetes and sarcopenia. Mm. I did have to Google how to pronounce that word. So I did actually get that right. Thank you very much. Um, otherwise known as accelerated age-related muscle loss. So the studies also found that people living with diabetes have three times the risk for sarcopenia compared to those without diabetes. Oh, dear. Yes. So um, the article does say... And this is an article by Diatribe, and we'll link it in the show notes too. Yeah, we'll link this one in the show notes, definitely. Um, whilst the relationship between diabetes and muscle loss is well documented, there are still open questions about the mechanism behind it. So they're still not sure where the link is, but they have some theories like the increased inflammation in diabetics leading to a high risk of sarcopenia. Mm -hmm. Their advice, obviously, keeping your diabetes in check as much as you can and keep on using your muscles well into later life to reduce the risk of this happening. Mm -hmm. So what they recommend, resistance training has long been known to help improve blood glucose control in addition to helping your muscles stay strong and functional. So that makes it key to stopping the vicious cycle of muscle loss. Um, so, of course, they recommend supervised weight training um, and continuing this process well into your later life. But, of course, as a diabetic, just another thing to be on our radar is muscle loss. Of course. How good. It's all doom and gloom today. Aww. No, it's not. Just keep active, keep healthy, keep fit, keep, keep fighting. Moving. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're all about. Mm. If you keep using your muscles, they're not going to disappear, I suppose. I don't know. That's what I hear. Yeah. Mm. Raiden, do you ever mm. think about all the things that you do that should be illegal, but they're not because you have diabetes? No, but it's a good point. And I do know where you're coming <laughs> from because there are things that do feel <laughs> very weird. Yeah. <laughs> so on TikTok this week, we I've been seeing this trend about um, things that feel illegal, but they're not. Yeah, And right. I thought okay. this plays so well. Yeah. Into living with diabetes. Right, I've got, I've a, got couple. a couple. So here are things people with diabetes do that feel illegal but aren't. All right. Fire away. Carrying needles on planes or in nightclubs. Yeah, 100%. Doesn't Feels that so feel wrong. weird? Yeah. Yeah. So, especially like airport security, which we love. Yep. And you're like, this shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I have a needle. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, furthermore to that one, too, it's like 
if you're injecting yourself in public with a needle. Yes, on an airplane. On an airplane, just anywhere in public. Yeah. Like if you're in a park, in a bathroom, just feels like it feels, <laughs> feels like right. you're doing something illegal. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not. That's the you're important not. part. Yeah. You're saving your life. Um, eating lollies to save your life. Yeah. Yep. Look, mum, I having lollies. I have to eat this chocolate bar. Yeah. Having lollies on my bedside table. Oh yeah. Waking up in the middle of the night eating lollies at like two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Save your life. No. <laughs> Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. I've got a couple that definitely don't feel right as well. Yeah. Like being at the pub and ordering a Coke because your level's low. Does that feel illegal though? Yes. Okay, fair enough. To me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a waste of money if you ask me. Um, sneaking out of work meetings because your level's low or oh. just trying to hide the fact that your level's low, mm. trying to function. Mm. You're actually a secret actor. Yeah, literally. I'm actually in the FBI. <laughs> not going to lie. How about carrying an insulin fridge on a plane? That looks like a bomb. That sounds personal. Yeah, <laughs> have that, you done that, that before? That was very personal. Yeah, <laughs> not my um, um, not my favorite memory, but mm. one that definitely had to be done. Yeah, honestly, but just the cylinder with the light on top <laughs> the of light it, flashing. with the fan. Yeah, save your life though. Got to do it. It mm. did. Yeah. Mm. Hey, it got me around Europe and Canada. So mm. happy no. days. I know I love this trend, all the things that <laughs> feel yeah. like they should be illegal, but they're not. Keen to hear more. Yeah. If anyone's got any more, DM us. Yes, we want to hear them. We want to know. Mm. Yeah. What else have you got that feels illegal but isn't? Mm. We'll share them mm. on our Instagram. Swish. Okay, let's dive into today's episode all about making a rock solid diabetes school plan to get you, your child and your school on the same page mm. where diabetes is concerned. Yep. So as usual, Strip Supply Learn is supplying the goods. They're backing this episode up. And all the content we're talking about today has been authored by our diabetes educator, Nicole. Mm-hmm. What a legend. Yeah, absolute shout out to Nicole. Mm-hmm. We love Nicole. So Brayden, you were school-aged when you were diagnosed with type 1, I right? I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in grade 7. Yeah. What was school yep. like for you living with type 1? Um, for me, it was it was pretty tricky. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was diagnosed in grade 7, which back then was the final year of primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also in a leadership role, so I was school captain of my school that year. Oh, wow. Which the pressure. just added a whole nother complex. Yeah, obviously being diagnosed with diabetes halfway through the year and having to learn what that looked like um, and having to leave that sort of role for a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty tricky. Um, also, I think diabetes back in 2007. God, that's a long time that's ago. That's a really long time oh. ago. Showing your age, yeah. Yeah, I am. Oh, my God. Um it wasn't as common and I don't think people knew about it as much as they do now mm. uh, with all the technology that we have. So I was obviously on injections back in grade seven. Um, I was lucky enough. I had a really core group of friends who were really good at um, diabetes or not good at diabetes, but were really good with me having diabetes. Mm. Um, very understanding. Yeah. So I had um, some really supportive friends in grade seven and they always made sure that during lunch breaks or morning tea, uh, I would always check my blood sugar level before I left the classroom. So mm-hmm. I had my blood sugar, uh, my glucose monitor. I had some glucose tablets back mm-hmm. then and my glucagon kit, uh, all in just like a little bag, which I took to and from school each day. 
and I left it in, it was kind of like the teacher's office within the classroom. Mm -hmm. So he let me leave it in there and I just stuck in there when I had to test and stuff like that. So I always had mates who would always come in and just watch me test. And I think it was because if my level was low, they'd always get like a lolly or a glucose tablet. <laughs> and so they got to like bathe in that there was sugarness as well. Yeah. yeah. So that was always pretty fun. Um, whenever my level went low, they're like, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like being supportive, but also like, woo, food. <laughs> that's, that's so nice. Which because, is fun, yeah. Yeah, because I think sometimes um, some kids feel like it can be quite isolating, particularly in primary school age. Definitely. Being taken away from your friends at lunchtime to go and test yeah. and it's such a solitary experience. So it's 100%. awesome that your friends really got in on it, even yeah. if it was for the chocolate or the lollies. Yeah, hey, look, whatever, it's mm. better than, you know, them not being involved or, or not caring. So mm. um, that was really helpful. Um, look, I know it, ca it can be hard for people diagnosed in school because it can be solitary or confining and obviously it's not without its challenges. Mm. Um, that's got to be said. People will pick on you because you have, you know, an insulin pump or something attached to you that's different or something that's not normal or it's just something that, you know, not having a working pancreas is something that someone will find a reason to pick on you for. So um, it is good to have those supportive friends and that supportive network around you. And I know like, you know, all my friends' parents were made aware of diabetes. So whenever I was at their place, um, if I ever needed anything, I felt comfortable enough to be able to go up to them and talk to them or, or get something, um, especially if I was like having a sleepover or something like that. Um, so that was really good. Um, another challenge that I did always have was like school camps and stuff like that because mm. you have to like you're without your parents so mm. you don't have that that reliance on them. So you do have to obviously check yourself a lot more and, and know sort of the carbohydrates and what you're eating on school camp because mm. obviously the food's pretty different. Mm. Um, so I was sort of singled out a little bit there at school camps and stuff as well. Um, and then obviously having to disconnect from my insulin pump. I got that when I went to grade eight. Mm -hmm. So I made the upgrade to an insulin pump when I went into grade eight um, just to give me that autonomy and just make it a lot easier to control diabetes, um, especially when you're, you know, a small fish in a big pond mm. going into high school. If you're sitting in the corner injecting yourself, it's like, oh, that's yeah and any it's, and it's any kind tough. of different yeah it's it's tough being <laughs> starting high school as it is yes that's let right. alone having something so physical yeah, that differentiates the kids you. always pick on you yeah <laughs> very nice um yeah. it sounds like you had a relatively positive experience and um for the most part and do stay yeah. tuned because we will um in this series do an episode um about how to make a diabetes school camp plan mm. um yeah but do you have any memories of when you returned to school with your diagnosis in year seven? Mm. Did you have a diabetes school plan? Did your mum or your dad go and have meetings with the schools, tell them what had happened? Do you remember any of that at all? I know no. it was a long time ago. <sighs> Thanks. I know it was really years <laughs> and years ago. <laughs> Look, not that I can remember. Um, my parents would have had conversations with the teacher for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. but obviously I wasn't involved in those conversations mm. being so young. Um, but I imagine, yeah, they, they definitely would have had conversations with the school and there was other kids at the school who were diabetic as well. Mm. So the school was across 
obviously what diabetes was and mm-hmm. and probably had a, a plan in place just to make sure that we were looking after ourselves and those, mm. the teachers who whose classes we were in were making sure that we were doing what we needed to be doing. Mm. Um, so I imagine that would have been happening behind the scenes, but yeah, without obviously my knowledge, so it wasn't made into a big deal. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. As you well know, a diabetes school plan is all about communication. It'd ensure all parties, that's you and your diabetes educator and your school team are all on the same page. So in our Strip Supply Learn module, how to make a diabetes school plan, we do go into detail on how to build your plan step Mm -hmm. by step. Mm -hmm. Um, But today we're just going to briefly run through where to start. Yeah. Awesome. No, I think that's really good content too, because going into school with diabetes can be really tricky. Mm. So this is just one thing just to make it a lot easier for parents and for kids with diabetes to just know how to tackle going to school with diabetes. Yeah. Good stuff, Ashley. Well done. Mm. <laughs> well, let's, let's start at the top. Let's start with step one. So um, if you are needing to create a diabetes school plan, if you haven't had one before, first step, start a conversation with your diabetes educator. See if they have some school plan templates already or if they can support you to put one together. Um, chances are your diabetes educator has done a fair few of these plans before. And mm. Diabetes Australia have some yep. great diabetes school plans as well. And yep. likely your educator knows exactly where to find those. And likely your school has also been involved in these ones too, right? Yeah, 100%. And that's exactly the next step. Once you've chatted to your educator about um, building a draft template or um, creating that starting point, have the conversation with your school. Check mm-hmm. in with your school at the start of a new school year when they've got uh, your kids have new teachers. Um, before going back to school, a post-diabetes diagnosis or before starting with a new school, mm-hmm. let them know your child has type 1 mm. and that you're keen to get a school plan in place. Yeah, it's definitely important to let the school know that your child does have type 1 diabetes Yeah, because um, if anything does touch wood, doesn't happen, but if it does go wrong at school, mm-hmm. obviously it's very important that the school does know. 100%. And the school might have questions of their own as well yep. um, that will help to support creating a plan. Yeah. And, and look, at the end of the day, the school's there to support and to help. Yeah, absolutely. Help your kids. So the more they know about what's going on, the mm-hmm. better. So The more information we can equip them with, the better. Yeah. So now let's start writing the plan. Um, we want to get a comprehensive day in the life of diabetes down on paper. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> how many pages have we got, right? Yeah, like the old like mind map. Where it's like if you draw a straight line from A to B, mm-hmm. that should be simple. If uh, like as a diabetic, the normal day, it's just like a squiggly line. Blah, 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 <laughs> never know when it's, it's where it's going to turn up, right? Nope. Um, so we bet there's a lot that you do on autopilot to manage your child's diabetes and mm-hmm. to manage your own diabetes, Brayden, yep. um, if we were to put a, a work plan together for you. Mm. Um, so we recommend for a day before starting this um, school plan to keep a notepad and pen beside you throughout the day and jot down everything that you do that relates to diabetes. Yep. We've got some starting points in our learn module. Um, there might be things like, you know, how do you treat hypos at home? Um, you know, how do you adjust your, ki- um, adjust your kid's insulin dose for exercise? Uh, what time of day? Are they most prone to their lows? Things like mm. that. Mm. On that point um, that you just made about pen and paper and jotting it down, mm. that just triggered a really core memory of mine from school. I used to have a little blood sugar level like journal. Ooh. And I think it was from JDRF or one of those organizations um, where I would have to write down what my blood sugar was like in the morning, at morning tea, at lunchtime, at nighttime, things like that. But it made sure 
that I was checking my levels during the day while I was at school mm-hmm. um, and being accountable for that. And then I'd also write in how much insulin I gave myself because then that gave a really comprehensive picture of what was happening during the day to my diabetes educator at the time. Mm. And obviously this was before I had the insulin pump. So all of this was manual. Yep. So I made sure that I kept the log of everything, um, which was happening during the day mm-hmm. and any lows that I'd have at school, what time and what my level was. Mm. So that can also be a helpful tip uh, for parents whose kids aren't on an insulin pump. Or aren't on a CGM. Yeah, or aren't on a CGM, just to be able to keep track of what's happening during the day and then mm. to be able to take that to your educator as a well-rounded picture um, mm. so that they can give the best advice. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. So you were into journaling before it was cool, basically. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> done it since. <laughs> <laughs> So once, you know, you have this uh, rough idea of what diabetes looks like uh, in your child's life on a, on a random day or in a typical day, um, next, next we're going to look at is there further education needed? So does your school need further education? Mm. There are some great diabetes in schools programs through Diabetes Australia yep. um, uh, that can meet with your child's school care team to educate them further about type 1 if your school potentially hasn't had someone with type 1 yep. before. Yep. Does your child need some extra education? Um, your child might prefer to be independent with some aspects of their diabetes care, mm-hmm. depending on how old they are, and they might benefit from some added education from your DE. Yep. So maybe schedule in some extra appointments um, yep. before school starts back up again. Yeah. Just making it as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Yep. And it's also a good time to think about as a family unit, are there any skills that you want to brush up on as a family? Is there any education mm. um, for your family? Um, brush up on skills that you don't use very often yep. that might need some polishing, like sick day management or how to use a glucagon, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, next, how often does your kid's school plan need to be updated? Um, in short, not that often. Mm. Um, we recommend annually or with any major changes like transitioning yeah. from injections to pump therapy like yep. you did um, yep. in your school journey. Yeah. Even from, uh, I'll just add in, from primary mm. school to high school. Yeah. So your break times, your meal times are different. Such a great so tip. So then that basal, that basal rate might need to change. Yeah, so true. Um, your timetable is going to be different. If, yeah, if your timetable changes, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. And next, think about what needs to be kept at school to satisfy the plan. So you might need to ensure that the school has a little pack of supplies to keep just in case for situations. Maybe you might want to keep a pack at the admin office as well as a pack in mm. your child's classroom. Mm. Yeah. Great so idea. things like spare infusion sets, reservoirs or pods, backup insulin in the fridge, mm. uh, hypo treatments, maybe mm. a spare BGL meter and some strips, maybe yep. even a spare sensor. Yeah. Glucagon, just in case. Yep. Think of all yeah. the things that sometimes don't go to plan at home and ask yourself what you do in those situations. Oh, yeah. All the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, once we've done all of these things and you have a plan that has been seen and contributed to by your diabetes educator, your mm-hmm. school, your child and all primary caregivers, get it signed off by all parties. Make it official, you know. Um, get everyone to sign their name to it. Then you all know that you are all committed to providing the support that you've outlined in the plan. Yeah. It's a great idea. Mm. Particularly if your child, you know, spends time between two households, it's mm. a really great way to make sure that mm. everyone's on the same page, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the school is also aware of the primary and secondary contact people. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Brilliant. It's a great idea. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> a little one-pager, hey? Yeah, a little one-pager. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, actually interested to know, yeah, I... I wish we'd called your mum and seen if she had a diabetes school yeah. plan. <laughs> Could have pulled it out of yeah. the archives. Yes, it, yeah, going back, what, 17 years now? Yeah. 
Gosh. I'd love to see what one a 17-year-old school oh plan would look like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that, you know. I think it was more or less a verbal conversation or mm. potentially a meeting with my mum and, and my teacher. Mm. I think that might have happened. That's sort of jogging a memory in my brain. But, mm. um, yeah, at the end of the day, I suppose I was pretty independent from pretty early on in my diabetes sort of journey. Mm. Um, and then obviously once I went into high school and got on the insulin pump, uh, I was looking for ways to, you know, then hide my like tube. Mm. Um, so that's when hole in the pocket. that's when the old set holes came in. <laughs> yeah, because um, it used to just go under the belt. And then I was like, no, there's another way I can do this for sure. Mm. Um, but then, of course, there's added complexes as well in high school. Once you you know start playing school sport, and mm. I had after school trainings, so I had to make sure um, that I had snacks available for before training just to make sure I didn't go low and, you know, maybe like a Gatorade or something for during training. Mm. Um, and then, of course, when you go away for school trips as well, that just adds a whole nother complex layer. But um, it's definitely something that can be overcome and it's not something to, to panic about. Um, I can tell you I was in Melbourne one year for a school trip mm-hmm. and my insulin pump actually died mm. while I was in Melbourne. So Oh, your poor mother. Yeah, so she, she was straight on to... <laughs> I think it was Enemas at the time. Mm. They arranged for one to be sent to the hotel we were staying at like the next day and I had backup injections with me. So it was just making sure that you had everything that you need and to be prepared for all situations. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, when your son's in Melbourne and you're in Brisbane, <laughs> Hundreds of that's when it's going to happen, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. Murphy's law, isn't it? Being prepared for all situations when you're at school or on school trips. And um, obviously my teachers were really good with it as well. So just making sure that your teachers are on board with your diabetes plan. I feel like that's the tagline for diabetes, prepared Prepare. for all situations. Yeah, prepared for anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Don't know what's going to happen, just prepare. No, <laughs> but obviously like having school-aged kids with diabetes is so hard and scary for everyone involved, yeah. but particularly for parents as the primary caregivers. Yeah. Can't even imagine how scary it is yeah. sending your kids off to school um, with a chronic illness like yeah. this. They are the most precious thing in the world to you. We totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but your school and your child do understand that you have their best interest at heart. For sure. And if you take it step by step, make a rock solid diabetes school plan yep. and have open and honest chats with everyone involved, you're going to nail the transition back yeah. to school. And you know what's great now too is the tech. Oh, yes. If you can get your child... Um, into some tech, diabetes mm. tech. Obviously, there's sensors now that are so remote that you can read it from your phone. Yes. So, you know, parents can read exactly what's happening to their child's blood sugar level, mm. even though they're at school and you're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some great tools out there that, that are available to, to diabetics. So uh, if you need to do that, then... Mm. Why wouldn't you? you I know? bet your parents would have really appreciated that kind oh, of tech absolutely. in the early days. I'm also glad they didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> controlling my life for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes a bit of independence is nice, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. This episode was brought to you by Strip Supply, Australia's first diabetes subscription box. If you never want to run out of your supplies ever again, use the code PODVIP at checkout to receive your first box without the membership fees. And that's P-O-D-V-I-P at www.strips.supply. Be sure to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. 
Um, five-star review, share us with your friends, share us on social media. We love seeing it plastered all over social media. So Yeah, particularly because Brayden's super excited <laughs> that his episodes just cracked 100 Yes, listens. let's go. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> um, so we'll be back uh, in your ears next week. Until then, tell diabetes to get pricked. Woo! Strip Supply acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Yagara and Turrbal people. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging.